grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the Triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying through the Word. For God speaks peace to trusting hearts. To those who seek the ways of wisdom, let us pray. Merciful God, let your spirit soar free in the proclaiming of the scripture. Confirm your covenant promises, sustain the weary with a word. Guide us in Jesus's way of love. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Israelites were on their way to the land of God had promised them. It was a long way with God watching over them. The men, women, and children walked and walked and walked over a hot, dry land where they got tired and needed rest. They would set up a um, up tents and camped together under the stars. While they were camping at the bottom of the mountain called Mount Sinai, something incredible happened. On one morning, on the third day that they were there, the dark, a dark cloud covered the mountain. Crash, boom, bang. Lightning and thunder filled the sky. The people were afraid. Suddenly, the voice of God called Moses. God asked Moses to climb to the top of the mountain, so Moses grabbed his walking stick and climbed up, up, up. When he got to the top of the mountain, God spoke. God said, Moses, listen up. I have important rules for you and your people to live by. You can turn to this list to, to know how to love God and each other. Do your best following this list. It won't be easy, but I am with you and I love you. Then God gave Moses a list of 10 special rules called the commandments. They were, I am God, the only God. Honor us above all other things and people. There, there are no other God for you, only me. My name is special. Don't use it with bad words or mean talk. Take a day of rest each week. Call it the Sabbath. Make it a special day for God. Show your mom, dad, and other who take care of you, of you, love, and respect. 
Don't hurt others with your words or actions. If you use, if you get married, you must be loyal to your husband or wife. Don't take things that aren't yours. Tell only the truth about your family, friends, or even those that you do not know. Be happy with what you have. Don't wish for things that other people have. And with that, the dark cloud went away. Moses walked down, down, down the mountain. The people were still scared from the dark clouds and thunder. But, the, but Moses said, don't be afraid. God has given us special rules to teach us how to live together in peace. Moses told the people about God's rule, and they did their best following it. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus went through the wheat fields on the Sabbath, and the disciples made their way. They were picking the heads of wheat. It's a Some Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the Sabbath law? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read what David did when he was in need, when he and those with him were hungry? During the time when Abiathar was high priest, David went into God's house and ate the bread of the presence, which only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave bread to those who were with him. Then he said, the Sabbath was created for people. People weren't created for Sabbath. This is why the human one is Lord even over the Sabbath. Jesus returned to the synagogue in Capernaum. A man with a withered hand was there, wanting to bring charges against Jesus. Some Pharisees were watching Jesus closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, step up where people can see you. Then he said to the Pharisees, is the Torah observant on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they said nothing. Looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he did, and his hand was made healthy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have arrived at last. After 400 years of slavery in Egypt, after the sea split in two, after three months of walking, following a pillar of cloud by day and flashes of lightning by night, we have arrived at Mount Sinai. Here is, is Sinai, the mountain formerly known as Horeb, where the Eternal One appeared to Moses in a burning bush. We've heard Moses recount the story, how the God of our ancestors told him, I have seen my people oppressed in Egypt, 
I have heard their cry of injustice because of their slave masters. I know their pain. So get going, Moses. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Was Moses afraid? Of course he was. But God promised to be with him. And God promised that at this mountain, we would worship as free people. And look, look at that dark cloud, the thunder, the lightning. The eternal one is here with us. Heaven is touching earth. After years of wondering, after months of walking, now is the moment we have waited for. Now we are meeting God, the one who brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In the Talmud, that complicated collection of rabbinic wisdom, there is a tradition that God chose Sinai as the place to meet Moses and the people because it was the lowest of the mountains, as in the garden, as with Abraham, so again we glimpse the gracious character of God. God comes down, God comes to us. And on this most humble of mountains, the eternal one reveals the wisdom we need to live as free people. The Torah. We Christians have grown accustomed to thinking of the Torah as the law with a big L. But while there are case laws and statutes and procedures, the Torah is much more than a law. A closer English word would be instruction, as when the prophets describe the day when the nations say, come, let's go to the mountain of the eternal one so that Jacob's God may teach us his ways. Instruction will come from Zion. The sign of God's covenant with creation was the rainbow. The sign of God's covenant with Israel is the Torah, God's instruction on how to live in freedom beginning with the Ten Commandments. My friend Kara shares this story about when the connection between God's commandments and God's gift of freedom finally clicked for her. It was after her son, Owen, then four years old, threw a Star Wars action figure at his baby sister in a fit of frustration. In the root household, throwing something leads to an immediate timeout, a rule that Kara and Andy thankfully no longer have to enforce with their teenagers. 
But in the rough and tumble years of toddlerhood, timeouts were a regular routine, a daily routine. And so Kara sent Owen to the timeout chair for a torturous four minutes of boredom. This particular Saturday, when the egg timer dinged, time's up. Kara knelt down in front of her son and asked him if he knew why he had to sit in timeout. <sighs> because I threw something at Maisie, sorry. Then she asked a question that hadn't occurred to her before. Owen, do you know why we don't throw things in this house? Eyes wide, Owen shook his head. Why? Here's what Kara said. We have that rule because we want this house to be a safe place for everyone to play a place where everyone is protected and free to have fun. You, Maisie, Mommy, Daddy, and even the people who visit us. If people were allowed to throw things here, nobody would be safe or protected or be able to play without being afraid. That's why we can't have any throwing. Do you think that's a good rule for us to have? Owen paused and nodded. Then he said with a very concerned face, Mommy, that is a good rule, but I forget. I forget what to do when Maisie touches my things. So I just throw stuff at her. So Kara promised that the next time baby sister touched big brother's stuff, she would help Owen remember. Remember to tell Maisie no. Remember to ask for help. Because just as we don't throw things, we also don't take other people's stuff without asking. And so Owen left time out, satisfied. 400 years, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. For centuries, practically every aspect of their lives felt the touch of Pharaoh's oppressive fist. Only in stories, in songs, in the secret place within the heart could they nurture their true identity, human beings made in the maker's image, children of Jacob's 12 sons, the people of Abraham and Sarah's God. Demeaned under the bitterness of slavery, now the Israelites' dignity can flourish in freedom thanks to God's Torah. God's instruction. Our dignity can flourish too. But first, 
we should check in with Jesus and see what he is up to on the Sabbath. Sometimes Christians talk about Jesus as if his ministry is somehow a, a radically compassionate contrast to a cold-hearted, legalistic religion. Those Christians might want to ask Jesus what he thinks about fidelity in marriage, or honoring father and mother, or worshiping God alone. It turns out that Jesus has strong opinions about the Torah, and they are not liberal ones. Even in these snapshots from Mark's gospel, Jesus upholds the value of God's sacred seventh day. The Sabbath was created for people, Jesus says, naming God's astonishing gift to people who had only known slavery, a whole day dedicated to rest. In the synagogue, Jesus asks, is it Torah observant on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And later centuries of rabbis will concur, of course. Even when he mixes up the details from 1 Samuel 21, his story about David getting the bread of the presence from the high priest is in keeping with keeping God's instruction. Loving God means loving neighbor. Just look it up in the book of Leviticus. And speaking of Leviticus, it's clear from the story that Jesus isn't stealing that grain. The farmers of those fields intentionally left their outer edges unharvested so that the poor and needy could eat the leftover grain. Again, thanks to God's instruction. I love that Jesus shows us the value of the Sabbath, especially in an age where people, often us in North America, are constantly tempted to define themselves by the work that they produce. I love that Jesus shows us the value of Sabbath. And I wish Mark the gospel writer had told a truer story. Because friends, there's no one in the wheat fields waiting to jump out and say, gotcha. And there is no nameless they in the synagogue looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. And honestly, if Mark were telling a truer story, we would hear someone in the synagogue not only agree with Jesus that it is Torah observant to save a life on the Sabbath, but also point out that the man with a withered hand isn't in need of a life-saving intervention. 
Sure, a, a withered hand isn't particularly pleasant. But come on, Jesus, this man isn't an object lesson. He's a fellow worshiper. Leave him alone. I'd like to see where the conversation went from there. Mark is correct that the human one is truly Lord over the Sabbath. But only because God's beloved son is Lord over all. I wish Mark had let Jesus try to explain this. How healing on the Sabbath demonstrates the urgency of God's kingdom coming to earth. It was never never about giving Christians an excuse to dismiss the law. Fortunately for us, Jesus sidesteps the agendas of the gospel writers to show us how life-transforming God's instruction is. Take the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' call back to Mount Sinai. You have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't commit murder, and all who commit murder will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. If they say to their brother or sister, you idiot, they will be in danger of being condemned. You have heard it said, and yes, we have heard it in the Ten Commandments. Jesus is joining a long line of tradition, diving deeper into the Torah to show us what it means to be free. Don't commit murder. Well, that's a pretty low bar. Most of us can clear it without any trouble. But anger? Whew. How about I explore my anger? How about I check for any shackles chaining me to my ego or my expectations or my past hurts? If name calling doesn't need to be my reaction, how can I seek a solution? How can I seek reconciliation? If the first gift of the Ten Commandments is God's own gracious coming to meet us, the second gift is the reminder that we are free and need not be chained to who we were in the past or what we have done to survive. There are so many, many gifts that the Torah has to give us. Here is just one more. A month ago, in live-streamed Shabbat services around the world, our Jewish brothers and sisters also read about God's instruction in Parshat Yitro. They heard the ten words, words, not commandments, beginning with the first word that defines the rest. I am the eternal one 
your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Everything that follows flows from that gift of freedom. No wonder then that some churches teach children about the commandments through the lens of gratitude. Those churches are a part of our branch of the Christian family tree. And part of how they keep the focus on gratitude is by turning every thou shalt not into a thou shall. Yes, do. Turning every negative into a positive. Don't murder, then, not only finds new depth in don't stay in anger, but widens with the commitment to preserve life, our own and our neighbors. Reflecting on God's gracious love that has been given to us, we, people who live in freedom, of course we pass that blessing along. So we hear the commandment and we wear our masks during a pandemic. And we aim for herd immunity from COVID if we can, not just because we have to, but because preserving life is what God's people do. And we take care of the soil the water, the air, not only for the health of this generation, but for our children's children, that they might grow up happy and healthy in this beloved corner of creation. Friends, oh, what a joy it is to arrive at Sinai. What a privilege it is to journey on with God's covenant people. Carry these gifts with you. The grace of the eternal one who comes down to us. The redeeming power of God setting us free from the past. And the steadfast love of the one who made us, that transforms us from the inside out. Let us share these blessings with all whom we meet because truly this weary world needs to hear a word of grace. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God whose goodness does indeed shine on us. Amen.
was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. Amen.